I always thought the Dragons would be a good name for a sports team. You know, you've got sports teams and, they, and they're starting to use, you know, you have the Panthers in the NHL, then you have the Panthers in the NFL. They're doubling up names. Uh, yeah, they're starting to double up in some Because they've cases. run out of Earth's animals. That's right. But nobody's using dragons. And I always thought that that would be a good one. All right. Was that not in the doc? My thoughts about dragons? My worry, John, is that if you use an imaginary animal to represent your team, um, it just feels like you've opened the door. You've thrown open the door to just like, I don't okay. know. I mean, I guess they have a basketball team that's named after jazz. Like it's already right. It's, it's already ruined. Like there's no integrity in sports. Naming. It is. Yeah. What's the North Carolina Tar Heels? Right. What's a Georgetown Hoya? You know what a Hoya is? A Hoya is um, a bulldog, right? No, it's a stone wall. Really? Yeah. Oh, so there could be a fish weir team. Yeah. Yeah. There could be. The Sacramento Fishweirs. Yeah. Here is your Sacramento Fishweirs. Keep Sacramento weir. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. That's what, that's what they would, that'd be their thing. Oh my God. All right. Let's start this damn episode. Coming to you a little later in the day than usual. Our schedule is a little fluid for the next few weeks. So just um, if, this, if the podcast doesn't show up when you think it's supposed to show up and your morning routine gets messed up. Please accept our apologies. It's David's fault. The name of the podcast, I can't remember if I mentioned it, is Election Profit Makers. And um, I'm one of the hosts, and my name is Davey, and I'm joined by Jimmy. I'm sorry, um, yeah. Joxy. I'm sorry. Jo hey, David. Johnny. John. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? You know, this is the best time of year. It's uh, September, October. Is that really your favorite season? Autumn? Fall? Um. Uh, You've bought a new it's trapper no, keeper for the fall semester at elementary school, and you have your little pencil pouch with your little pink eraser and your your eraser mate pen, and you yeah. have your line notebook paper and all your tabs for your different subjects, and you're ready to go to school. Is that what yeah, fall reminds you of? Sort of new of? beginnings. New it, beginnings. It, I mean, it's not uh, in terms of like. Uh, nature but uh in other ways it is i like it because the kids go back to school and um it's just not so hot mm -hmm. it is getting darker mm -hmm. uh, that's not great right but uh summer used to be my favorite but now that it's 125 degrees every day in the summer it's not so much and that's due to climate change yeah that's due to climate change or as thomas friedman called it global weirding remember Years oh ago, God. where he was like, I'm not going to call it global warming anymore. I'm going to call it global weirding. That guy, you, I hope that guy gets paid like $20 million a year. Oh, rest assured he does. I know he makes a okay, lot. He good. makes a lot of money. He, he is worth it. A lot of famous people that you read in the newspaper are making a lot of money. That's my new theory. Um, that guy who, uh, Brett Stevens, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see what he That's makes. That's the other thing that drives me crazy is a lot of these people were already billionaires just like natural billionaires natural billionaires and then, right and then they make you know like a million dollars a year writing thomas friedman makes a lot of money because he's married to the daughter of like a huge real estate investor who built malls or something right so he he married into a lot of money i'm sure he already had a lot of money from his best-selling books like 
from Jerusalem to Tampa and the Lexus and the olive tree and the world is flat <laughs> as fuck. No. And he also got, right. he gets an annual stipend of $300,000 a year from the National Association for the Promotion of Hand Clasping and Author Photos. Yeah. They pay him a lot that's, of money. Not to mention the $10,000 per month he gets from the National Association of Healthy Bushy Mustache Aficionados. He's uh, the ambassador of that movement. Not to mention the, uh, I think it's $7,000 a week he gets from the National Association of Strained Metaphors, Analogies, Similes, and Other Tortured Turns of Phrase Incorporated, uh, <laughs> oh. which is a think tank that's run out of... Um, Bethesda? Bethesda. Bethesda, Maryland. Silver yeah. Spring. Is Thomas Friedman the most Bethesda person who has ever lived? Is he from Bethesda? I don't know. I mean, mentally, I think but he, he feels is, right? Like, like it. he's yeah. giving off Bethesda vibes, right? Yeah, yeah. Not knowing too much about Maryland, I'm feeling Bethesda. Is that Montgomery County? John, I don't know what fucking county Bethesda is in. What do you think I am? A fucking almanac in human form who gained sentience from a kindly old puppeteer who built me? Well, I don't know. Maybe our listeners could write in and tell us. Remember the old days, that's how you had to find out stuff that way. I'm looking at two different websites. One is called informationcradle.com and one is called reliableintel.com. One of them says that Brett Stevens makes a quarter million dollars a year. The other says that he makes $75,000 a year. So it okay. seems that the information cradle and the reliable intel, something doesn't add up between these two trusted sources of information about New York Times salaries yeah i think he probably makes at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year really new york man buddy you said it all yeah right. all right uh this week a lot of things happened i'm gonna get into it do it all right take me on a journey number one uh for me i spent the entire week in this room that you're looking at me right now that nobody else can see my office, uh -huh. which also happens to have a bed in it because I did not have COVID. Oh, I never had COVID. Oh. I was exposed to somebody who had COVID, my parents, and I just continued to test and wear masks and be isolated and all that. And it totally sucked. It sucked almost as worse as if I had had COVID, I think. You were like Cinderella trapped in her tower or Rapunzel yeah. trapped in her tower. I was no help to anybody. I, I did pick up our friend Aaron at the airport, but I Ooh. was wearing a mask and All it was right. like day seven and I still was negative. So I was, you know, we're taking a risk, but I picked him up and we had the the um, windows cracked. Speaking of COVID, President Joe Biden announced on 60 Minutes that COVID is over. The pandemic is over. I'm not sure I agree not with that. Wrong. You think not he wrong. is? You think it's over? It, I mean, how do you define it? It's difficult to define. They just said, what's up with COVID? And he was like, is, is the pandemic over? He's like, yes, the pandemic is over as we knew it. COVID is still a problem. He wasn't like everyone go out there and start, you know. Fing and Sing? Yeah. Yeah. He just said, I mean, it's endemic now, right? It's still a major problem. Everyone should still be getting uh, their shots and still be taking precautions. But it is... It's almost like the precautions we should be taking uh, about the flu. 
I'm not comparing it to the flu. I'm just saying it's endemic like the flu now. We're never going to get rid of it. Okay. I'm, I wasn't that upset about it. Anything Joe Biden says, I'm on 100% for it. Right. Anything Pete Buttigieg says, you're 1,000% for it. Yes. We'll never forget about your undying loyalty to Pete Buttigieg. Right. Okay. So you you don't have COVID. You've come out of your isolation. You're back a human among humans. We love to see it. The man with the iron mask has escaped his tower and now moves freely among his, among his right. fellow people. I am never getting COVID. Never. The fact that you didn't get it this time means you'll never get it. You have super immunity. You're a super soldier. I don't know if I have super immunity. I think I dodged a bullet this time. I just, I, I don't put myself in danger very often. Neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think you're ever going to get it either. I might not, but I kind of wish I had a more dangerous lifestyle. I was thinking about like, what, why don't I just go crazy sometimes? Like really just go crazy, like wild in the streets. You ever think about that? Mm-hmm. Like you're sitting around one night and you're like, why don't I go wild in the streets tonight? I never do it. Why don't I just go absolutely nuts? Why don't I give these people, why don't I give these people something to talk about? Why don't I go play the knockout game on the Upper East Side? No, I'm just kidding. Not, not that. I mean, That's not a, to be, not to be, you know, not yeah. to mug people, but just to like, like, why just don't to I knock them out? dance on a subway platform? Like with not a care in the world, like. You know how sometimes you'll see a viral video of somebody's playing music, some buskers on a subway platform or a street corner playing music, and then somebody will just out of the blue just like drop all their shopping bags and just start dancing and everyone gets so everyone goes so crazy and feels so happy and joins in. Like I I would never do that in a million years ever. I would just I would probably not even stop to watch them unless they were really great. I'd probably just like walk by, give them a little nod, like, hmm, you're doing a good job. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not putting a dollar in your violin case. I actually don't have any money on me right now. See, I don't think, I think you would do that. I need to go wild. When when we were in China a few years ago, 17 years ago, Uh (laughs) we had some video of you just wandering around in the public square, acting very silly, sticking your belly out and being like a dumb American. And the Chinese were gathering around you. And we're having the greatest time making fun of this stupid American. But that's different because I was doing that for the camera because you were filming me. I'm talking about being authentically wild, not for social media, not for the likes or the videos or to show somebody footage of it. But just in the moment, like go out and dance in the rain or like go out and like, you know, like write a funny message in the in a dusty window of a car, like wash me. Yeah, you know when you see that the what car about with the a, time that we car with, as a, du- a car with a dusty yeah. window and it says "wash me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny. I need to do shit like that. We we broke into Keenan Stadium a few years ago and you ran around naked. Yeah, but that's field. different because I was just doing that to impress you guys and make you think I was fun. I'm talking about authentically going wild from a true, a true. I don't know how to explain it. I need to be free, John, is what I'm saying. I need to be free. Okay. Quick portfolio update. Listeners will remember that I now have 200 shares yes. Which party will win the U.S. Senate election in North Carolina in 2022? I have 200 shares yes in the Democrats. That's Sherry Beasley up against Republican gun store owner Ted Budd. Unpredicted, that market is now Republican 72, Democratic 28. But John, on 538.org or 538.com or whatever those booger eaters are calling their website, 
Yeah, 538.com. All spelled out. They don't have 538, the numerals.com. They have Ted Budd at 62, Sherry Beasley at 38. These are not poll numbers. These are chances of winning. The actual polling is much tighter. You know, 538, they did a little mesh of the polling and then what they call the fundamentals. Fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would just be your history of what's happening in North Carolina. Um, and I think I think that's probably trading fairly on predicted right now. Uh, you know, the polling shows that it's it's 50-50, but you know, there's been a lot of uh, stuff written in the last few weeks that perhaps the polls are biased again towards the Democrats. Not that they are set up that way, not that the polling companies are biased and they're trying to put their thumb on there to make the Democrats look better. It's just sometimes the polling will pick up one party over the other. And recently that has been Democrats, particularly in the Midwest and actually in North Carolina in the last election, the same sort of thing happened. It it was Whites without an adult, without uh, a uh, college education, just were not picked up in this polling for whatever reason, and that Democrats were overrepresented. So, but this has happened the other way before, where the Democrats are not represented. So, we don't really know which way that bias may fall, but people seem to think that maybe the polling from the past cycles hasn't been corrected and it may be falling in the same direction uh, as it did last time, which would mean that maybe it isn't a tie here in North Carolina. It would mean that Ted Budd is up two or three points. Well, I'm going to be really pissed if Ted Budd wins this race, but... You know, I think Ted Budd's going to win, and here's why I think he's going to win. Don't tell me this. Because... What? You can tell the listeners, but I'm not going to listen. Go ahead with your little theory. I I don't think he be, because North Carolina is so close. North Carolina is this more moderate state. Um, now I know that's hard for people to believe when they see people like Madison Cawthorn. But in terms of like statewide races in North Carolina, Republicans have to be they can't be total MAGA. And I think if you watch his ads, he does not come across as a MAGA maniac. He comes across as just kind of like, well, hey, I'm the guy who works at the bank, you know? Yeah, he, he owns a gun store. But they both come across as pretty reasonable people. Who's both? Beasley and Bud. So I worry that that's not, I mean, he does not come across as as somebody who is hardcore to the right. Here's what, here's something that happened that I think could affect the race just a little bit. I know everybody, whenever something happens, everyone's like, well, this could affect the race. And this, how does this affect the race? But this past week, one of the many things that happened was Lindsey Graham introduced that bill to ban abortions nationwide after 15 weeks, even in blue states, right? Yeah. Uh, And a lot of people were saying, why did Lindsey Graham do this? Why is he like bringing up abortion again? That's just going to motivate people to vote for Democrats, women especially. No, the Republicans were furious. Right. Like, what are you doing, bro? Why are we talking about this right now? We need to talk about inflation or whatever. Lindsey Graham all of a sudden has a passion for for um, the abortion issue. People were saying, oh, he's a he's an op. He's doing this to secretly help the Democrats. What's going on? What's going on? Well, Ted Budd, who currently serves in the U.S. House, 
and is running for Senate in North Carolina, co-sponsored that bill in the House. So Ted Budd is aligning himself with this draconian anti-choice bill. Now, he didn't have to do that. On his website, he makes a big, there's all this kind of stuff on his website about, oh, I'm pro-life. We have to stop killing all these babies all the time. What's wrong with us? I'm 100% rating from, you know, Baby Savers USA or whatever all the pro-life organizations are. So he came out and supported the House version of this bill. Kind of think that's good news for Sherry Beasley. I kind of do. Yeah, I I don't I, I wouldn't say that would be bad news for her. If abortion is 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 um abortion rights are very popular pretty much all over the United States, but where they are the the least popular is in the in the south, in in the Bible Belt. And North Carolina is still a part of that. So, uh although polling in North Carolina would show that more people believe in uh right to to choose i don't think it's as as uh, one-sided as maybe in in other places so i don't know if it's going to have that huge fit impact that's what i would say all right well you're wrong i hope i am wrong i'm just kidding you're probably right no i don't know who's right we'll find out who's right and who's wrong i don't know i mean so the so-called experts are saying that the fact that this race and we talked about this a little bit last week is running under the radar uh, that has been a good thing for Beasley, that it hasn't become nationalized uh, yet. But Trump, I think, is going to be in Wilmington on Friday. So we- Lord have mercy. He's going to go into the beach, huh? He's going to coastal North Carolina? Well, he's going to his daughter-in-law's. Uh, that's her hometown. Right. Laura Trump. Right. Married to um, Eric Trump. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So she'll probably be there. She'll give a big speech. Everyone will be there to see her. Yeah, they will. Uh, they'll be there to see Trump. And I imagine Bud will be there as well. Will this be for Bud's first time being publicly associated with Trump on stage? That's a good question. I don't know. Wait, why is he going to Wilmington? Is Laura Trump's not running for anything, is she? I remember I used to be in those no, markets, no, the no. Laura Trump running for something market. No, no. Okay. She's running for getting paid on Fox News probably. Right. But so he's just going to be there. I mean, you know, she's Trump running for luckiest wife on earth cuz she's married to Eric Trump, right? Yeah, you don't like Eric. You think he's ugly. I think everyone's beautiful and everyone's created in the image of God and that's terrific. And that's why everyone is so blessed. But I think Eric How yeah, Eric Trump is so ugly looking. You don't think he's ugly looking? I know. Okay. He's yeah, he's something's fine. off. It probably. Yeah. Okay, go on. Biden is not coming to North Carolina, and Beasley is not going to be out there campaigning with Biden. Donald Trump, speaking of rallies, was in Ohio this past week, just giving a nice chill speech. And I guess he was rallying in in part on behalf of J.D. Vance, right? Yeah. And he said, J.D. Vance is always kissing my ass. What did he say here? He said, yeah, J.D. is kissing my ass. Of course he wants my support. I mean, can you? uh, (laughs) He loves. There's nothing. People are always like, why does why does Trump? support people who used to who used to talk bad about him like jd vance used to be such an anti-trumper it's like are you crazy that's that's the people trump loves the most because then the humiliation and (laughs) is complete like that's such a power move some some, uh, you know like that must just be so thrilling imagine if someone who insults you and talks shit about you and then a year later they're like begging for your support that would be such a huge ego boost that's 20 times more satisfying than someone who's always been in your corner that's the best that's got to be the best feeling there is and also to then go up on stage and publicly mock them 
for it and saying, this guy's kissing my ass. Of course he wants my support. JD Vance, like gritting, like grinding his teeth down to the nubs backstage, yeah. having to listen to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Guys, hillbilly elegy. Yo, that was about it. Was that about his teeth? Because he grinded his teeth because he was so frustrated. Oh, hillbilly elegy. He, he, hillbilly tooth elegy, more like. Ron Howard, time to make a new movie. You know how they always say hillbillies don't have good teeth? Maybe it's from having to grind them down to the nubs as the former president publicly reveals how much you're kissing his ass. Hillbilly elegy for your teeth much? Hmm. How about that? That's good. Gum on gum action because your teeth are missing now, hillbilly man. Anyway, do you think Ted Budd is going to have the same experience with Trump where Trump's going to go up on stage and brag about how much Ted Budd is kissing his ass and needs his support? I don't has Ted I don't think Ted Budd has put Trump down. He like, never has, but that I Vance uh, did. So right. no, I I bet he I bet it doesn't. All right. Yeah, so yeah, it was a crazy rally. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the rally. People had their hands in the air. They were doing the one number one finger salute. I'm not talking about like a middle finger, but the index finger, which apparently is a Q sign. Q anon. Where one of us goes, we all have to go. Where one, where where we go, one one we go all. Makes no. What is it? Where? Let me look it up. QAnon. Where one goes. What would I look up? QAnon motto. It's like wissy wig. Where one, one. Where we go one, we go all. What? I hate it when people try to sound fancy. And no one tries to sound more fancy than me. Where we go Mm. one, we go all. What do you think this is? Shakespeare? Like, what is that? You know what I mean, John? They're trying to make it sound like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. All for one and one for all. Where we go one, we go all. That makes no grammatical sense. Where we go one, we go all. Is that that truly what it is? I think it's truly just dawning on me in this moment how stupid QAnon is. This is terrifying. I think it makes sense. Where we go go one, one, we go all. It's like where we go as one, we're all there. Well, then they should say that, John. They should speak English. Where we go one. First of all, explain the first half of that phrase. Where we go one... Mm, what does that mean? It's a royal we. Where we go, one. I'm still waiting for an explanation. I, I can't explain it. All I know is young. They they had can they had a rally in Youngstown. It was kind of creepy. There were a lot of people there. Um, you know, we have some billboards that aren't too far from Youngstown mm-hmm. in the Akron Canton area. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.D. Vance, you have no chance. You know why. You ever been to Youngstown? I went to Youngstown once. I can't remember if I've ever been to Youngstown. I think maybe to I visit. I got interviewed on the local news. Oh. oh. Hello. You have my attention. Go on. I can't remember exactly what it was about. It was something, um, I think it was snowing or something. Mm. And then, you know. I was like, yeah, this is really exciting. I'm from the South. I've never seen, you know, I basically gave them exactly what they want. Yeah. You're media savvy enough that you knew. I got you. I got you, bro. I know what you need here. I'm like, I I got you. I've never seen nothing like this. I'm from North Carolina. (laughs) Exactly. Youngstown. Y'all got it popping off here. What do you call this stuff? Exactly. This is like cocaine falling from the sky. 
Stay blessed, y'all. Like, okay, well then the kicker will be this kid from North Carolina. Right. Yeah. This yokel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I well, I don't know if I Yeah, they probably did think I was a yokel. Hey, hey, don't eat any of this yellow snow now. Come on now. They were like, Oh, this kid is gold. This kid is so media savvy. Yeah. That's my guy. I got on TV in Indianapolis once too. What are you doing going around the Midwest just getting on TV? What are you, some kind of culture jammer? What is this, 1993 Adbusters? What's going on here? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Did you do any VHS art while you were at it? What's that? I don't know. You like you know how like in the nineties people would like use technology to make art and like you'd go to an art museum and there'd be like fifty TVs all showing static or something and they'd be like this is about how tv's rotting our brains and stuff do you know what i'm talking about did you ever go to a museum in the 90s uh forget it probably yeah all right the my pillow guy had his um phone stolen by the fbi speaking of crazy art projects did you hear about that john he got so mad he was like three weeks ago that was last week oh okay and he's complaining about how they took his phone and his hearing aids were attached to his phone. That made me think of you because you have hearing aids, as our listeners know. I know. I was loving this guy. He was like, and they came to take my phone. I was like, you can't take. And this is a pretty good imitation, by the way. Yeah, you're doing good. this is kind of how he sounds. Yeah, totally. He's like, you, you, you guys can't take my phone. I run five businesses off my phone. I don't, I don't even have a computer. <laughs> but they ended up taking my phone. I mean, my hearing aids run through my phone. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Yeah. That's exact. I would be so screwed if the FBI took my phone, my hearing aids, my, you know, I do have a computer. I don't really know how to work it. Right. I only use it for this podcast. Right. But, yeah, I felt sorry for him. And he was, they caught up to him at a Hardee's. And that's not, and, and you go to McDonald's all the time because there's a McDonald's near you and you love McDonald's. So even that was kind of like. Yeah. He's like the he's like dark John Kimball, right? Yeah. The my pillow guy is kind of like the evil version of you. He's not a bright guy. Wait, what? Um but he is kind of charismatic in a weird way. Uh-huh. Or or a uh handsome or something. Mm. I don't know, there's something about him. People got so confused when I said I thought Rick Scott was handsome. Rick Scott is 20 times more good-looking than Mike Lindell. Although Mike Lindell, I will say, has a he has a good mustache. He does have a good mustache. He's yeah. probably in the same association as Thomas Friedman, the gentleman's mustache brigade. Yeah, I mean, he has a horrible personality. He's not smart. He's crazy. Right. But something about his look. He has a nice wide could... face, and I love a wide faced wonder. He's a wide face. Huh, he's really? a wide face Willie, as we call them. Is that because you don't have a wide face? Because I have a narrow face, a pinched face. Yeah. I, when I see Me a too. man who has a wide face, it's like, oh, look at those rolling, rolling planes. It's like being out in the Midwest. I have a, you know, I, I need a flyover face. I have a pinched, like, yeah, city you've got face. California face. Yeah, or, or a city face. Me too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's all yeah. tight and squinty and pinched and frowny and scowly but then you see one of these guys with one of these midwestern faces like hey man corn fed plenty of room on this face come one come all come all over this face <laughs> just having fun just having a bit of fun you can't blame us right. we're still in mourning for her majesty yeah. the queen <laughs> 
Yeah, I watched some of that. Um, <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. Did you, you really cracked yourself up there by pretending to have watched I, some of the Queen's funeral? Wow. Well, I did want to watch it because I was like, this has got a lot of pomp and circumstance. It was history. We had to queue. We had to queue. We've been in standing here for 18 hours and we said we got to queue. We're never going to see you again. It's living history. We had to do it. We had to do it. Yeah. Let me do that again because that accent sucked. It's living history. Well, we had to queue. We've been standing here for 18 hours. No. This is being a part of history to say goodbye to the Queen Mother. You know, my father, years ago, he worked for the post and he delivered a postcard to Her Majesty the Queen. And it said, I'm at the beach. I hope you're having a lovely day. Your son, Charles. This is living history. I'm a part of history. I don't know why I'm making fun of them. I would probably do it if I was over there. Yeah, of course you would. Go yeah. stand in line to, to see the Queen's coffin. That will never happen again in human history. It's living history, John. It's living history. You could be a part of history. Yeah. Like I stood in line for four hours to say goodbye to um, Ant Antonin Scalia when he was lying in state. I had to pay my respects to my favorite Supreme Court justice. Is that true that you did that? I jumped on the coffin and started kissing and cuddling. I, I got in so much trouble. I was like, oh, Mr. Scalia. Oh, oh, original. Did he lie in state at the Capitol? Yeah. His body? I, I, I watched it for I, I hours. Like the, it was can weird. Can I just say one? I just want to say one thing what? that I do not like. I'm not a pendant, but I do want to say that I don't like it when they say she is lying in state, or he will lie in. It's like no, he does not exist anymore. Whoa! It should be uh, the body of the queen will lie in state. The queen's corpse. Will lie in state for some something three like, days. Well, it doesn't have to be corpse or remains or something, but it's like the queen's meat meat sack will lie in state for yeah, three days. I don't know. I feel like there should be some AP style or something about or whatever the, the, about human consciousness when you stop referring to a person as yeah. a person because they're no longer a person. They're just a bunch of they're just guts and skulls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That is a little bit pedantic. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I know. I'm sorry. If you had been over there standing in line and the BBC had come up to do a man on the street interview like they did in Youngstown in Indianapolis in your youth, oh my gosh, you would have been you would have been pummeled within an inch of your life because you've been like, yeah, I don't know. I was over here from North Carolina in the United States. I heard the queen died. I decided to come see her. But I got to tell y'all something, man. You say she's lying in state. She ain't lying in shit because she ain't around no more. Okay? She dead. Mm-hmm. That's her body, that's her skull, that's her intestines, that's her big toe, her little toe, her ring toe, that's her ring finger, that's her wrist, that's her elbow bone. But ain't no yeah. queen in that box because the queen yeah. is dead, y'all. Come what? on now. Get it together now. There's no queen up in here. The queen is gone. Speaking of the queen, you know, the, the queen, the, I don't have any personal connections to the queen, but the queen does have a connection, personal connection to something that's dear to my heart. Oh, which you may or may not know about, but I thought I would share that the Queen of England, and I believe this was like in her her like sixth or seventh year as queen, uh -huh. attended oh, yeah. a University of North Carolina football game. That's right. In the United States. It was her first and probably only time seeing college football. And she got to, I'm just so happy that she was able to 
experience Carolina football. She The game was against the University of Maryland. It was up in College Park, which is where Maryland is, right outside of D.C. And apparently, according to the the reports, she sat on the Carolina side of the field and rooted for what? the Tar Heels. <laughs> yep, a perfect legacy for Her Majesty. Why are we still talking about her? Okay, moving on. John, there was big football news a couple days ago. Appalachian State's on a bit of a hot streak. Why don't you share the good news? Yeah, Appalachian State from Boone, North Carolina, you know, had last week gone into uh, College Station, Texas A&M, beat number six Texas A&M in front of 100,000 people there in Texas. And then the following week, ESPN College Game Day decided, you know what? That's their television program that they do every Saturday where they always talk about college football and things of that nature. And they always go to where the big game is going to be. So this past Saturday, they decided we're going to Boone, North Carolina. We're going to go and follow Appalachian and have their big game against another Sunbelt Conference team unranked as well, Troy. So that was exciting. And uh, Appalachian looked like they were just crapping the bed. Troy pretty much had the game in hand. And um, Troy, in the end, gave Appalachian one last chance. And they threw a 55-yard Hail Mary into the end zone to win the game. And how'd that make you feel? Uh, It was exciting. Mm. I love it. Because that just doesn't happen very often, you know? You don't see those things happen very often. And everyone went crazy and they stormed the field. And that's awesome. So, If only the queen had been alive to see that game, right? Yeah. So Appalachian, well, they did lose to UNC. So again, transitive property. UNC is the most exciting team in college football. I think someone wrote. I think all our listeners would agree. Yeah. And Carolina had a bye week. They did not play this week. Uh, they will play Notre Dame next week. Notre Dame is one and two. They beat Cal this past week. So we'll see if UNC is favored against Notre Dame or not. But uh, uh, Duke is undefeated. Wake is undefeated. NC State is undefeated. It's uh, it's heady times for, for, for football in the, in the Old North State. Wow. You really put your finger on it right there. Heady times for football in the old North State. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. So. All right, so sorry. That's that's the uh, you know your ACC and North Carolina football update. Uh, this is your Florida Gator football update. Um, but first, dinner at Mom's was chicken pot pie. Oh my gosh, this chicken pot pie is so good with like. You know, bread woven onto the top and chicken and carrots and peas in there. And she only uses the best quality chicken. And then she makes biscuits and rice because it's all about the carbs in my family. And then she makes green salad, which again is like a jello salad. And uh, I'm going to have a recipe for that coming up. And um, then she made gator, iced gator sugar cookies which are so good and delicious. And I, I overate. Uh, I had to eat a couple extra cookies because John, John tweeted at me, you know, to eat, eat some for him. So I kind of overate. But, but the Gator game, it was University of South Florida, which is in Tampa, which doesn't make any sense to me. But that, do, that doesn't seem like South Florida, Tampa. But, but they, they weren't supposed to be any good. We were supposed to kill them. And 
it, it, they were really good or our defense was really bad because they would just run 10 yards per play. They were just running right through us the whole time. And it was a very close game. We would throw an interception. They would throw an interception. You know, they would have a penalty. We were at the goal line one time and we threw it into the end zone and they intercepted it there. I mean, it was just back and forth, back and forth until the last 30 seconds when, when they could kick a field goal to tie it up. And, uh, and, and and they had a good snap, but but the guy didn't hold it right. And so uh, the, the, they didn't make the field goal. And uh, we happened to win by default like we did in the first game against Utah when, when they threw an interception in the last play to the end zone. So anyway, we got real lucky. And um, go Gators. Thanks to everyone who wrote in to let us know that the BBC or the royal family or somebody over in England was using what three words to help people locate the end of the queue for paying respects to Queen Elizabeth. That was kind of amazing. I've never seen what three words used in such an official and somber context, John. Have you? No. What three words can also be used to locate our J.D. Vance, you have no chance, you know, why billboards. That is true. Here are the exact billboard locations according to what3words.com. 1. Blackmail, communicate, navigation. 2. Nervy, touchy, spectators. 3. Volume, gladiators, views. 4. Circus, scorch, researchers. 5. Metro, unable, engineering. 6. Recognition, twisting, issue. 7. Disturbance, deodorant, hamper. J.D. Vance, you have no chance. You know why. Thank you, computer lady, and condolences on the loss of your queen. Thank you. All right, here's the thing. Brief Hollywood update. There's this movie coming out called Don't Worry, Darling, and it's directed by this woman named Olivia Wilde who made the movie Booksmart, and it stars her current boyfriend, Harry Styles. I know about all of this because of all of the daughters of my friends who are all really into Harry Styles. He was a singer. He used to be in One Direction. He's got a great head of hair. And people love him and he writes pop music that's like better than it has to be. Like it's, you know, kind of engaging and good. And like there's some interesting stuff going on musically or so I've been told. Um, And Olivia Wilde used to date. uh, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. They used to be married. And then for some reason their marriage ended. And this new movie is coming out called Don't Worry, Darling. And the trailer looks pretty good. It looks like it's some kind of Stepford Wives type of thing. But there's been all this negative publicity about it. I think some of this is probably just sexism. Basically, what happened was this actress named Florence Pugh, who you and I saw in your favorite movie, John Midsommar, which we went to see with you not even knowing anything about the movie at all. And you had a delightful night at the cinema with me, Kid Midas, the original (laughs) Wave Rider. The star of that movie, Florence Pugh, is the star of this movie, Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, And her co-star used to be uh, Shia LaBeouf, who longtime listeners will remember the episode where I thought I saw him on the streets of uh, Los Angeles. Anyway, that guy's got his whole bunch of issues and being a weirdo and a, abusive and stuff. Was that when he nodded at you because yeah. he had all those yeah. girlfriends? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um he left he left the movie. Flor- the movie's coming out now. It had its premiere at the Venice he Film Festival. He was fired. He was fired from the movie. Right, but he insists that he quit. There's just all this stuff. I mean, I kind of have to yeah, I kind of have to feel for Olivia Wilde. She's dealing with a lot of stuff. Now, who knows? Maybe she's a monster. But I think she's a monster cuz she referred to to uh uh, Pew is Miss Flo. 
Right. Florence Pugh is refusing to do any press for this movie. It seems like there's been a falling out between Olivia Wilde, the director, and Florence Pugh, the star. And some people specul- and some people speculate that's because Florence Pugh didn't approve of Olivia Wilde having an affair with, with Harry Styles while shooting this movie. And also that she didn't back her up when she was talking to Shia. Right. Because she didn't feel comfortable with Shia. Are you liking this out? I love, no, I love stunned. <laughs> I'm sitting here stunned. Okay. Because yeah, how do you yeah. know so this? Oh, because you I, have teenage you know, Hollywood, man. Right. I love it. Yeah. So she didn't like that. So, so you know, sometimes the directors, they got to play both sides. They're trying to keep everybody happy. It's very happy, diplomatic. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, so she she's on the phone with Shia saying, I'm dealing with Miss Flo over here. She feels uncomfortable. She doesn't feel safe with you because apparently you have a bad reputation with women. Right. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, deal with her. And she's like, I'm going to I'll deal with her. Um, and then in the other, you know, line, she's talking to Florence and saying, yeah, he's going to do better, blah, 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 blah. But then those texts got out and it showed that she really wasn't backing up right. Florence, so, right? Uh, so Is that right? I think so. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of stuff swirling around. But here's the thing. The, interest, the actual interesting gossip about Olivia Wilde is... Her dad is Andrew Coburn, yeah, brother of Alexander Coburn, the uh, the hard left, the guy who started Counterpunch.org. Remember that hard left newspaper Counterpunch? I used to have a housemate who subscribed to it. Yeah. That's Olivia Wilde's uncle. Olivia Wilde's babysitter was Christopher Hitchens. What? Yeah. I'm saying. It probably only happened once or twice, but in Wikipedia, it said Christopher Hitchens was her babysitter. I was like, why? Why? Why don't they make a movie about that? This chain-smoking guy just like swilling scotch and red wine while he reads Trotsky to you or whatever. That must have been something, you know, <laughs> to go from the Coburns to fucking Jason Sudeikis. No wonder she's all messed up. Yeah. You go from like the most acid, biting left-wing guys to fucking Ted Lasso. You're going to you're gonna get psychological whiplash. Do you know what I mean? Like Ted Lasso yeah. is like Andrew Yang or Pete Buttigieg. It's like, hey, I don't know. I guess the Iraq war is an okay idea as long as everyone tries their best. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what she was running from. She was running from the Coburn side of her family and she ran into the arms of Jason Sudeikis. Who knows? Jason Sudeikis might be a hardcore leftist. You can never tell with these Hollywood types. Andrew Coburn, her dad and Alexander Coburn and Patrick Coburn, his brothers, they were all Scottish. I think they're Scottish left wing journalists like Patrick Coburn writing about the Iraq war and the Guardian or the Independent or whatever back in the day. Like this really took me back. Alexander Coburn used to have a co- used to have a column in the Nation magazine, and he and Christopher Hitchens would snipe at each other about who was the real leftist and who was the warmonger and blah 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 blah. Like she grew up in like this environment of like heady left wing journalism. Why is that not being talked about? I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean Harry I Styles think. is interesting, and we all love Harry Styles and Watermelon Sugar, or whatever that kid is singing about. Blah 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 blah. I don't find him interesting. Oh, and you know what I just realized? That's why Olivia Wilde likes Harry Styles because he's British. Like that side of her family was. And he's probably uh, a hardcore leftist, right? I don't know. He's probably like, hey, Olivia, do you have any hardcore left-wing magazines I could look at while I sit on the loo after another one of our marathon lovemaking sessions? Do you have a do, do you have a copy of God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens, your former babysitter that I could peruse while I sit on the toilet? That's probably what he says to her. 
Do you have do you have any yellowed copies of the Nation magazine back in 2003 when the Iraq war started? I'd love to read what your uncle had to say about the pending invasion in his column, Beat the Devil. Alexander Coburn, your uncle, the famous left-wing journalist, who was your uncle. He sounds. I mean, just that's like really Paul interesting. McCartney. Why don't they talk about that? Why are we? Everyone's always, always focused on the wrong thing. Isn't he a lot younger than her? He seems kind of young. Ah, it's within twenty years. I think it's fine. But I mean, yeah, that's a double standard. How many? How many mayor? Come on, it doesn't even need to be said. How many male directors have acted like assholes and had affairs with much younger co-stars? Like it's just standard operating procedure. Then she does it. Everyone, okay. everyone loses their mind. Now, listen. Oh, are people losing their mind? I'm not losing my mind. Uh, Well, people are definitely talking about it, including us. Like, how often do we go so deep on a bit of... I can't wait to see this movie. Well, I only I got interested because apparently he spit on that guy. Yeah, there's, that see, this is the thing. It's like every little... Oh, who cares? Well, let's stop talking about this as well. He's got really big... Uh, he's big. He's got big... Uh, he's not big. Collars. Oh, collars. collars. Lapels. Yeah. Lapels. Yeah. yeah. He's a, I don't know. That was a strong ending. I'm going to keep that. That was good. Speaking of Christopher Hitchens, John, you'll remember that one of his main foes was Henry Kissinger. And coincidentally, we got a letter from a listener about Henry Kissinger just this week. Yeah. Kendra wrote in. She said, my son showed me this website and asked whether you were looking for a new place to do some political betting. And the website is henrykissinger.rip. When you donate to a charity that undoes some of the damage of American imperialism, you can place a bet on the date that Henry Kissinger dies. You can pick up as many dates as you like, $5 each. And if you pick the right date, you win a variety of liquors from the affected countries or something else for non-drinkers. So she said she seemed like it might be an interesting place to check out for us, especially since Kissinger is 99 years old. Uh, Older than the queen. Yeah. And and we had actually been talking about him before we even got this email. We were just talking about how the, you know, the next big people that were going to die. Right. People in their 90s who feel world historical where people will be like, oh, it's the end of an era. I had to queue for 12 hours to see Henry Kissinger's coffin. Boy, that queue is going to be raucous. Oh, if he lies in state, they better be patting down the people standing in line for the queue because someone is going to be spray painting on that coffin. So many buckets of blood. They can just sell buckets of red paint. At the Capitol oh, Rotunda for people who want to throw red paint on Henry Kissinger's coffin. That coffin's going to get fucking yeah. wrecked. It's going to be like, He is the next big one, though. I don't think yeah. there's any more that are in the... Jimmy Carter. That's right. But that'll be weirdly underwhelming. Right. It'll be Kissinger. Yeah. We should start... And we should start preparing now for whatever column Maureen Dowd writes about Henry Kissinger. Oh, right. Okay. She had that column she put out called Charles in Charge because now King Charles in char- you know, is in charge. Yeah. Henry Kissinger's will be... Um, oh, Henry. <laughs> it'll just be... Oh, Henry. It'll just be a big picture of that candy bar. It'll be... Yeah. yeah. Oh, Henry, why did you have to make all those mistakes? It's going to be incredible. We should prepare ourselves now. Yeah. Thomas Friedman. Woo! Thomas Friedman's column about right. Henry Kissinger is going to be something. We should prepare ourselves for that. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he's going to die within the next uh, 12 months. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
You can give to the Cambodian Children's Fund, the Chilean Fund, the East Timor and Indonesia Action Network, the Guatemala Forensic Anthropology Project, the Halo Trust. I've done work with them before. They, they're they demining group. And the Yemen Relief Project. Huh. Hmm. Is this bad karma to mess with something like this? Karma doesn't exist, I don't believe. Whoa. So, I don't know. I mean, we're just talking about it. We're not wishing anything. Thanks for your letter, Kendra. Yeah, thanks. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Another weird one. Uh, Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com and please rate and review us on all of those places. And we really appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. All right. Tell me about the green salad. It's not really green salad. It's like a jello salad, but you said it's also called five cup salad. Well, I do that myself to remember it's got five cups. Uh, one uh, cup of... Uh, crushed pineapple, evaporated milk, mayonnaise, uh, cottage cheese, and then a cup of pecans, and then ch- chopped up. And then you make your jello with two cups of boiling water, and you let it cool a little bit. And you mix all that together. The jello is not one of the five things. Okay. All right. Thank you. By the way, I'm going to put pictures of this food on the Patreon. So. For any of you uh, who haven't joined the Patreon yet, it's time to go ahead and join the Patreon and check out pictures of this, this beautiful food my mom makes.